declarations we've just made. Do you ever think about when you're singing, when you're worshiping, just what that really means? I don't know what it'll be like when we get to glory. I know there's people who say they've had near-death experiences and and it's like their, their life flashes, but I don't know if when our life flashes before our eyes, we'll see our declarations that we've made. But I wonder how often we declare that on a Sunday morning. It's easy to worship God this morning, isn't it? I mean, we're all together. We're doing it together. And even if your voice isn't as strong or, or maybe it's cracking or whatever, it doesn't matter because it's blended together. We get it. It's kind of neat to do that. But to, what about Monday morning? Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. This past Wednesday was my birthday. I thought, that's going to be a good day. It's my birthday. Thank you. It was a good day. But the phone rang, and I answered a phone call, and on the end of it was a grandmother that was crying. And she said, my, my daughter's going to the hospital for an emergency C-section. And they have some real concerns about baby Micah. And all week we've been reading updates. And as soon as I get up in the morning, I check to see, is there an update? Or did I get an email of an update of what's going on in that little baby's life? He shares a birthday with me. He was born on my birthday, and I... I, I call him my birthday buddy. But it's like, wait a minute. This isn't what we planned. This isn't what we thought it would be like. But it's overwhelming to see the faith of that family. Clinging fast to God and saying, God, whatever you have, you, we know this, is, this, little, this little baby is in your hands. And that's been our prayers. Praying for Tina who went into surgery that same day. And I'm thinking, Lord, this is supposed to be a day of my celebration. <laughs> but it was a good day. I had a good day. I really did. I don't get as big a deal anymore. It's, my granddaughter said, when she found out how old I was, she said, that's a lot. She's only five, and I guess 69 is a lot. But it's, you know, the reality is we sing and we worship on a Sunday morning. But what happens when it comes to the test? And then I heard a, little, a testimony of my one grandson. When he was at, when, that, when they were praying as a family for Micah, he couldn't stop singing. Waymaker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness. For my little five-year-old grandson. Wow, what faith. What faith. And then I have to check back and say, where's my faith? Wow. Well, this morning we're going to talk about unity and diversity. They seem to be opposites, don't they? But in my, in my Bible, at least one of the headings in the, uh, in the scripture... In part of the scripture we're going to look at this morning, it says unity and diversity in the body of Christ. I am thankful for unity. 
but I'm also thankful for diversity. Because it would be a terrible place if everybody was like me. I mean, that just wouldn't work. And things would not get accomplished. Unity and diversity. Let's take a look. We're going to look at chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. This morning we're going to have an ordination. Do you realize... You realize that what we're doing this morning could be a death sentence in some countries? If we were ordaining Bruce and Becky and some nations, this would be a death sentence. I had to think when, uh, when you guys were up here this morning and I saw the phone out reading the scripture. Do you know that in some countries that is a death sentence? To have the word of God on your phone. They hunt you down. They find the word of God on your phone. It's all over. We don't get that. We don't, we don't understand that. That's not our concept. Because in this land, we might get, you know, some funny looks. Or we might get talked down to. Or there, there may be a few things about the fact that we're, we're following Christ. But we're not going to lose our lives. Unity and diversity in the body of Christ. We're going to look at chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. That word is not a bad word. Ignorant. We can use it in a bad way. But what it means is uninformed or Without the, the proper background, the proper information, I don't want you to not understand about spiritual gifts. The Apostle Paul is saying. Apparently there were some real struggles in the body of Christ in Corinth, in the church in Corinth. And I think we can draw some real parallels because the church in Corinth was not in a, a, a in, in, in society was not in a good place. The society, the culture of the day was anything but Christian and kind of resembles to where we are today. So he says, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. You knew that you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You and I cannot declare the Lordship of Christ without the Holy Spirit working through us to do that. We should not be surprised at the way some people act, the way some people talk, the way some people are, because they're not walking with the Lord. We can't expect them to respond the way we do because they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is. That's what, uh, what Paul is saying here to the Corinthians. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I love diversity. I really do. When I get the opportunity to go and try something different food-wise, I'm, I'm a... I'm adventuresome when I go out to a restaurant. Years ago, we had uh, a couple here from Chile. And this is long before we started any work there or even had a dream we were going there. But we took them out for supper. 
And I said, order whatever you want. Whatever you want. No holes barred. We're paying. You just order what you want. Big full menu, as most restaurants have. And what did they order? They ordered chicken. <laughs> and I said, I said, you guys could have ordered anything. And you ordered chicken. And they said, well, we know we like chicken. <laughs> well, I take the risk. If I see something on the menu that looks a little different, I will try it. And very seldom have I been disappointed. I like diversity. I don't want chicken for every meal. My wife knows that. She, she knows that, you know, we can do certain things a day or two, but... Don't stretch it out, you know? There's got to be some diversity. I would not have made a good Israelite eating manna every day, I can tell you that. So there's diversity in the body of Christ. But there's only one spirit. That's the beauty of it. Even though we're all diverse, we all have different gifts and different talents, as we'll see here. There's that diversity, but yet there's that unity because of one spirit. Verse 5. There are differences of ministries. But the same Lord. I am thankful that in this body. In this church. Called Ephrata United Zion. There are different ministries. And I'm excited. I was excited for you guys. Sharing about the ministry of KFC. I have heard about KFC ever since I was a part of the United Zion Church. It's exciting to me to, to think over the years. And that's more years than I like to think about. And, and it's great. But there's different ministries. And that's, that's exciting to you guys. And that's great because God has given that. God has planted that in your heart. Scott, you grew up with it. It became something, uh, uh, you know. When, you, when I talk about camp meeting, whoo, that's where I, I mean, that's my heart's there. You know, there's diversity of, of ministries, but there's only one God. You see, that's why diversity and unity can be together. Generally in life, diversity means separation, doesn't it? You guys go your way, I'll go my way. That's why, in a lot of cases, it's very difficult to see different ethnic groups worship together because of the diversity that's there. Because they want to worship in their own language. With their own customs. I get that. But the body of Christ can still be one. Even with that diversity. There are different ministries. And I highlighted in that we all have a ministry. This morning we're going to ordain a couple, but that's not the only ministry that exists here. And each and every one of you has a ministry. And you say, oh, I'm not a minister. Yeah, you do. You have a ministry. Whatever that ministry is, God has called you into a ministry. There are differences of our ministries. And there are diversities of activities, praise God. But it is the same God who works all in all. Yeah, the activities are different. Some are great down in the kitchen. I mean, that's, their, that's, that's the activity they're good at. I am thankful I have a wife that's great in the kitchen. What a blessing it's been over the years. But it's also been a tremendous ministry 
in her life as she's reached out in, in that area so often. But the same, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Your gift, your ministry, what you're doing is not for you. It's not so that we can say today, oh, wow, this is, isn't it wonderful that Bruce and, and Becky, are, they're going to be ordained today? Wow. Well, we should be celebrating that. But it's for the profit of all of us. It's for the benefit of all of us. God wants to bless all of the body. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Who gave you that gift? God. As he wills. It does us no good to sit back and say, boy, I wish I could sing like him. Or I wish I could sing like her. Or I wish I could, I wish I could preach that way. Or I wish I could, you know, I wish I could play music. Does us no good to do that. God will give us according to what he wants us to have and how he wants to work in our lives. And I'm thankful that in this body, I know many of you and I know many of the gifts that God has given you. And I'm, I know this is talking about spiritual gifts in the, in the sense of, of prophecy and speaking in tongues and and healings and all those things. But it's also talking about the way that our body works together as a body of believers. And I am so thankful for the gifts that God has given you. Because I've seen them manifested so many times. And you know what? I have to step back and say, thank you, Lord, for giving him that gift. Or thank you, Lord, for giving her that talent, that, that, that ability. Because it makes the work go so much smoother. It really does. This morning... Yes, we're going to be ordaining this couple, but it's all part of us as a body. And their giftedness is for the benefit of all. And it's at the direction of God. It's at the direction of God. I don't always know how God does it. We don't have to understand all of that, but at some point in time, God says, that's the one I want, and that's what I want them doing. And God touches them, and leads them, and directs them, and develops them. If they're willing, if they're willing to say, yes, I'm going to serve the Lord that way. Verse 12, for the... For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. When we look at each other, we see one body, one person. But our bodies are so miraculously, I had to think of, 
of the prayer requests this week for, for Micah. And I thought, you know, that his kidneys would function the way they're supposed to. And that his lungs are functioning and all these things. And I'm thinking, this is an anatomy lesson here. But we don't see that. When, we see, when I look at Mickey, I see Mickey. And I recognize him. I've known him for years and I, I recognize him. But the reality is that we are diverse, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're you know, we're, there's so much to our body. There's so many parts to our body, yet we function as one. At least we, we should be. And when something happens, illness or otherwise, that causes that to be a problem... That's really can be challenging and difficult. Verse 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. In fact, the body is not one member, but many. We talk about a body, but it's many, it's many parts. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, there would be no, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were, if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. God made us the way we are. And he sets every member as he pleased. This body of believers, God is, has set the members as he pleased. So that's why there's some who are gifted in finances and can run the treasury stuff. And that's amazing. That's a great gift. And there's some who can, you know, work with the sound system. There's some who can lead in worship. There's some who can preach. There's some who can teach and on and on and on. But who sets them in the body? God. It's not somehow we decide, well, now this is the guy that ought to be doing it. Yeah, we might do a vote. But I trust that it's God that directs the vote. I really do. And we might have the idea of a calling. And I, I love that. I have a grandson right now who, who wants to get more education on the ministry side. And boy, that makes grandpa feel pretty good. I don't know where that's going to take him in his life. It's surprising to me. But he seems to have a call in his life to at least delve more into ministry and preparation. I'm excited about that. But who's doing it? It's God. It's God. If I was to look at the list of my grandchildren and say, well, this one I think should be this or this one. No, it doesn't work that way. Because I'm probably far from right. But God does the choosing. That's what makes the diversity and the unity possible.
he set them just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? We wouldn't be a body. If we were all the same, if we were all doing the same function, it would not work. The body of Christ needs to have different people doing different jobs at different times. So the giftedness that God gives you is to be used for all, for the blessing of of the entire church. Verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which... We think to be less honorable on these, we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part, which it which it lacks. All members are important. And while we ordain this couple this morning. And they have a calling on their lives to be a part of this body. All of us are important. Everyone. Whether you clean the church or you're an usher or you you come and you pray. And whatever your, your role in the church, it's important. And when that role is not being done, the body is affected. You ever have a hangnail? Man, that's bothersome, huh? A little tiny thing like that. But that's the way the body is. If something isn't quite the way it's supposed to be, it affects everything. It really does. And that's the way it is in the body of Christ. If we're not doing our roles that God has assigned us, it affects it all. Not only that, the need to pray for one another. Because when... One part of the body is hurting. We're all hurting. We're all hurting. Number Verse 25. That there should be no schism in the body. But the, that the members should have the same care for one another. How are we doing at taking care of one another? One of the updates that we got on Micah and... Uh, My wife responded and my daughter also responded the same way. They said, but Kristen, how are you? How are you? We're we're glad to hear what God's doing in Micah's, but how are you? It's important that we're taking care of one another. Really is. It's so important. God, through this word, tells us that we've got to stay away from Divisions and schisms in the body, we need to take care of each other. And I am so thankful when I hear someone say, I've been praying for you. Or they seriously ask me how I'm doing, not the, oh, hi, how are you doing? You know, that's kind of a cliche. But, you know, when people are really interested, it's great when we take care of each other. That's what the challenge is here in the scripture. In verse 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
when someone in the body, we listed this morning, we, we went through prayer requests. Why? Because we need to be praying one for another. Because when somebody in the body is hurting, it hurts. I'm hurting too. Not in the same way, but I, I'm hurting and I want to reach out to that person or I want to pray for that, intercede for that person. But also when God blesses or honors someone, it shouldn't be, well, man, I could have done a better job than that guy. And it shouldn't be that we grumble, it should be we rejoice with it. So this morning we should be rejoicing that God has called Becky and Bruce to this position. We should be rejoicing. But we also ought to be praying for those who are going through troubled times in deep waters. That's the idea of what I like to call the body life of the church. And I love it. I really do. When I go to any, any time I'm in the, in the church on a Sunday morning and I hear all of these things, it's the body life. It's like the praises and the testimonies and the, and the prayer requests all kind of come together because we are all together in this thing. And it just encourages my heart to be able to pray for one another and encourage them. We should all be rejoicing this morning. Almost done. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. You know, you're part of the body of Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. You know what's exciting to me is when you go any place in the world and you meet another Christian, somehow there's this even if you don't speak the same language, there's somehow this, I don't know, this connection. Why? Because we're part of the body of Christ. And so this morning, and, and maybe throughout these last weeks, you've been praying for, for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, or the brothers and sisters in, in Haiti, and, or other places that have been affected by all these issues in the world. We feel a kinship. We've never met them. We don't know them personally. We may not speak their language, but somehow we identify that they're part of the body as well. And we should be praying for them. We should be praying for one another and remembering them and seeing how we can somehow ease some of their burdens. We are of the body. We are we are the body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church. I love that. I love that. God has appointed. Not the bishop. Not the pastor. Not any other church leaders. Not the body of, not the, not the, not the, not the fellowship. But God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. These are not in order of importance either, by the way. They're just, they're, they, yes, to a certain extent they have position, but they're all important. Second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, 
then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Now, I'm thankful for those who are gifted like this, for each and every one of them. But I can't sit back and say, woe is me, I can't do that. That's not my, I, you know, I, because I, at the last verse, he's going to tell us to covet the best gifts. And I can't sit back and say, boy, I, I, it, I, I'm not worth much because I can't do that. That's not what God called me to. God called me to my role. And until he decides to change that, I should be okay with what he's called me to and do the best I can in that role. Each one of us have been called to a certain role, a certain giftedness in the church. And that's just okay. Because it all works together. It all works together. It all works for the glory of God. And the last verse of Chapter 12 says, but they earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire the best gifts. There's nothing wrong with desiring gifts from God. There's nothing wrong with praying, God, I, I really want to be gifted. And for some of you, maybe you're not sure what God's gifts are in your life. And there's nothing wrong with saying, God, show me my gifts. And one of the greatest ways to find out what your gift is, is ask a brother and sister or sister in Christ. Because believe me, we can see your gift better than we can see our own. We really can. You know, I've seen, I've, I've had that experience so many times in my life where I said, I see your giftedness. And then God's saying, yeah, well, what about your own? It's like, you know, sometimes it's harder for us to see our own gift. But desire the best gifts. There's nothing wrong with that. Crying out to God and saying, God, I really want the best gift that I can have. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And what is that? Chapter 13. What's chapter 13? The love chapter. The love chapter. Because without love, everything that he shared in chapter 12 doesn't work. He doesn't. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Because the body life needs to have love at the basis of it. So when I'm crying out to God on your behalf, it's because I love you. I love you as a brother or as a sister in Christ. And it's, it, that's the whole basis. If I'm serving in some fashion, it's because of love. And so that's why he follows up. With what we call the love chapter. We're going to ordain. Bruce and Becky this morning. Going to ask them to come forward. Uh, this is kind of a formality. But I like it. But I think just because it's a formality. Doesn't mean we should just overlook it. Or take it well you got to do this. No. It's part of the formality of our church structure. But there can be some real blessing around it. And as we think of the body of Christ, 
we're all involved in this. So I'm going to ask them to come forward. I'm going to ask a few questions. And then I'm going to ask the leadership of this church, of this congregation, to come up and we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over them. I'm seeing more and more that God's wisdom is that we pray blessings on one another. I see it so often. I love it when I see my, my family, when we get together and we have a birthday, and, and generally dad is the one that prays. Sometimes they ask grandpa to pray, but generally dad will pray, and they'll pray a blessing on their child or children at that birthday gathering. There's such wisdom in that. We need to pray a blessing. We're going to pray a blessing on them at the end of this couple of questions. These questions you've pretty well answered when we licensed you, but they're a little bit different. Are you fully persuaded that the Holy Scriptures contain all the doctrine required for eternal salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? And will you instruct the people committed to your charge and teach nothing but that which you are persuaded will be proven by the Holy Scriptures? Will you deny uh, ungodliness and worldly lusts and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world that you may show yourself an example of good works unto others that the adversary may be ashamed having nothing to say against you with God's help. I, I, I like that piece. Just, I know that you can't do it on your own. Will you show yourself gentle and merciful for Christ's sake to the poor and destitute according to the Holy Scriptures? Will you now assume the obligation in the presence of these witnesses and before God to preach the word of God and be faithful to all things that pertain to your calling as a minister, showing fidelity, humility of mind, serving the Lord and the church while you live? Amen. And, uh, you know, the wife has a real role in this. I realize that in my ministry, I need to, I really lean a lot on my wife. She's a very important part of it. So we have a question for you as well. Do you promise in the presence of God and these witnesses that you will loyally support your husband in the work to which God has called him, sharing with him in its burdens and sacrifices? And, that, and that's such a part, you're sharing in the burdens and sacrifices. I don't know how many times over the years that has shown itself in our lives where, yep, we've got to stand there too. So I'm going to ask if the leadership, and you can define who you are. You know who you are as leadership. I don't care if it's a title. I don't care if it's leadership because uh, you're part of the, the, the greater board or whatever. I don't know who that means, but I definitely want the ministers to come forward. I believe we need to stand in solidarity solidarity with this couple and pray a blessing upon them. So would you come? We're going to gather around them this morning. We're going to pray a blessing on them and their ministry.
And if, if I don't think enough of you're up here, I'm going to call you by name, all right? So, Mark, would you come and pray with them too? I, I, I do not overlook your giftedness and your presence in this, in this uh, congregation. You're surrounded by, first of all, people who love you. And by this symbolism of us standing here this morning, we are saying we're going to support you in this. When we ordain someone, it's not to say, well, now you're on your own. You know, good luck with it. You know, It's you and God and we can take on the world. I get that there's times when we're okay with that. Me and God and we're going to move ahead. But I am so much more blessed when there's others around me. And so that's why we want to pray for you this morning. And so I'll lead in a prayer, but you can join in. And we're going to dedicate them to the service of the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this couple who has shown uh, their willingness to be serving you in this congregation over these last years. I thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the gifts that you've given them. I thank you, Lord, that as Becky leads in worship, she's part of the worship team. What a blessing that is. I thank you, Lord, for Bruce and, and his, his preaching and his teaching, his desire to do what it is that you want. I thank you, Lord, for the gifts you've given them, for their family, for their children. Lord, uh, it's just so neat to see them growing, and, and uh, it's what a blessing. And God, now as they've taken on uh, the decision to become ordained, I pray, God, that you would divinely touch them. I recognize that it's not the church who ordains, it's you. It's you. So your ordination, we confirm your ordination upon them this morning. And ask, Lord, that you would just divinely touch them. You would use them. You would continue to help them to grow in you. Bless them. Fill them with your, with your gifts. Fill them with your mercy. And Lord, as we're around them committing ourselves this morning. Lord, we want to commit ourselves to pray for them, to support them, to encourage them, to be a listening ear when they need to talk to us, to love them, to be a part of their support system. So Lord, I, I pray that you would bless them in this new stage of their endeavors and their walk with you. Thank you, Lord, that they can be a part of the ministry in a different way in the United Zion Church. And I pray, God, you would just pour your spirit upon them. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask you to uh, go to the back. Uh, Door and you can and people can greet you as they leave. We're gonna we're gonna close with a uh, a worship song. Uh, I'm just gonna pray a blessing of, of dismissing uh, you. But uh, rather than have everybody come up front to greet them, I'm gonna ask them when they're done uh, to uh, go go to the back door and you can greet them there and uh, challenge each one of you to be praying for them, supporting them, encouraging them, family, friends members of this congregation, let's be a support system for them. So I'll tell you, that is so, so valuable. It really is. I've experienced it over the years that I need that support.
so let's be part of that support system for them. Father, we thank you for your bountiful blessings upon us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good Father. That's just who you are. And Lord, you love us for who we are, your children. And so, Father, I pray you would bless this congregation as they continue on in your service in this place, as you continue to call people forward and, and into different positions. I pray, Lord, for those that you're, you're touching that will be a part of, of KFC this year, uh, a, divine, a, a, tr a special ministry that goes out to the children. And God, would you, would you touch them and call them? I pray, Lord, that, that that list would be filled and filled quickly because you're talking to them. You're saying, Lord, you, you're, you're laying your hand upon them. You're talking to them about being part of that ministry. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing here in this congregation. We do pray a, a blessing on Tina this morning. I know her desire would have been to be here this morning. Lord, would you touch her? Bring her relief from her pain and help her to sense it and know that we are praying for her. And Lord, we ask that you would just bless Mel. We know, Lord, it's often harder to be the caregiver and stand back and see someone else in pain. So Lord, would you strengthen him? We want to we stand by them in a very special way. Bless us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name.